Center VR, the podcast where we talk about all things virtual reality, and on today's show I have Robin Arnott, you are the yeah. designer behind SoundSelf. Um, yeah. Thanks for coming on the show, Robin. My pleasure, thanks for having me. So, what is, let's start, let's, let's start uh, easy, uh, what is, what is SoundSelf? <laughs> you said let's start easy. Yeah. That's not an easy get... one, that's not an easy one at all. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's a one that I've been kind of sitting with for two years, and I still don't have a good answer. Um, because it's new, you know, it's not like I can use vocabulary from existing stuff, even from games, I, I can barely use vocabulary from games to describe it, because, it, I mean, it really is a new, different thing, so, um, here's how I try to describe it, right, it's, it's a collision between centuries-old meditation technology, things like mandalas, singing bowls, uh, even zen meditation, uh, and the video game trance, and, uh, it, it's like we all are familiar with the video game trance. You know, you're playing a game. The nature of the interaction sort of sucks you into an experience. I'm using that interaction, the 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 trans uh, the transcendent interaction of a video game to lull a player uh, deep into a meditation state. Um, or, I mean, meditation state is just one word for it. You know, there, there's a lot of um, I, I like the word religious experience because it's so loaded. Um, but they're all the same thing. It's hypnosis. Sure. Um, it's a sort of a loop. Um, it's a, the, the word to describe it in the scientific literature is a, um, persistent non-symbolic consciousness. Uh, so what that means is, you know, normally the way we're thinking, normally the way we, uh, interact with our world is through symbols, you know, like I, uh, I'm seeing you through Skype right now, and my brain is parsing this collection of light into what I perceive as a face, I, I perceive your eyes closed as a, as a blink, and of course, like, I don't see you blink, I see, um, this light, right, and my, my brain translates that into a symbol of blink, which is something I understand, uh, so, Symbolism is sort of how we experience the universe, how we experience ourselves. Um, but it's it's by no means the only way of experiencing the universe. And uh, these sort of trance states, uh, anything from, like I talked about religious experiences, like uh, uh, one of my favorite types of religious experiences, um, uh, possession, you know? You see, um like Pentecostal churches where people speak in tongues. Uh, I mean, they're not acting, you know, they're experiencing something. Um, 
shamanism uh, is all about getting people into trance states, but also stage hypnosis, uh, Zen meditation, all of these things are sort of deliberate use of the trance state and what i think is valuable about that is when you when you return from the trance i mean even psychedelics right when you when you return from the trance state to your reality which is made up of symbols you have a you have a greater appreciation for this just like returning to your home country after visiting somewhere else you have a greater appreciation for your home country Interesting. Who is this? So, who did who did you have in mind when you were creating Sound Self? Who, in other words, who is this for? Yeah, that's another good question. It's for me. Um, I made it because I um, because I wanted to. Because I had some experiences uh, that were assisted by chemicals, and I figured, you know, this is not a chemical creating this experience. This is my brain creating this experience, and surely. I could use interaction to stimulate the same stuff in the head as, as the chemical is. Um, so I created it for me. But in terms of who the audience is, I think it's like I think it's a lot of different places. It's for uh, people who are interested in novel experiences, which I think describes a lot of gamers. Right? Gamers are gamers aren't looking usually looking for. I, I think we frame what we're looking for as things that we're familiar with. Um, with grabbing our attention, you know, like I, when I'm playing a game, I might say I'm looking for a challenge. Those are the kind of games I play. I'm looking for a a way to uh, to think strategically, right? But really, when you get to the core of it, what I'm looking for is a novel experience, a novel a novel journey to take my brain on. Uh, and I think that's I think that's the appeal of Sound Self. It's it's a novel journey to take your brain on, but without um, without the set decoration of uh mechanics and uh just sort of raw unsymbolic experience Hmm. would you recommend or do you have uh any experience using sound self with uh, outside chemicals Meaning, uh, you know, just make. I'll, I'll just act straight up. Have, have you or do you know people who've tried sound stuff with, you know, while the influences of other drugs? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I definitely, I definitely know people have done that. Um, I took it to Burning Man as an installation in Deep Playa, and our guest book is just full of uh, really psychedelic writings. Um, so, but I, so I've heard from people who have experienced it uh, on psychedelics who have said it was magical, and I've also heard from people who have said that it sobered them up. Um, it, because, because I mean, it's kind of a trip in itself. You don't, you sort of don't need the the help of of psychedelics because it is a psychedelic trip itself. How does so so just for the listeners who haven't tried it out, how does it work? What do, what do you actually? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you put on the rift, right? And uh, there's a you have a microphone that's recording your voice and headphones over your head. The microphone can just be like your webcam's mic, and you sustain tones with your voice. Like, uh, this is the core and exclusive interaction is your voice. Uh, uh, just just toning. And the reason this works, so I'm recording the sounds you make, and I'm using those sounds to. Uh, produce sounds from the system that resonate with your voice. And the reason this works is is you feel that vibration in your chest when you're toning. Like, we, we think about voice as something you hear, but it's much more than that. It's something you feel, and since it's something you hear and feel and something you have agency over, 
it's something that we really strongly identify with. I, I feel my voice and I know that is me. So we hack that. We, by resonating with the player's voice, we change the perception of what they feel like their voice sounds like. And then by having a synesthetic relationship between the sounds of the game, which the player is already identifying with, and the, the rules of the game, uh, we can kind of uh, create a really unique perceptual experience, I think. One that is, it certainly doesn't feel like this perceptual experience. It's, it's a lot more, it sort of forces you into the moment and, uh, and, and just puts you into a trance. You know, after playing it, people report not having a sense of time, um, describing all sorts of, you know, sort of dreamlike stories that might describe their experience. And of course, I didn't put that there. I just created a system that um, sort of hacks your perception of self and uh, gives your imagination a, a really, really huge and uh, resonating canvas to, uh, to project upon. Project upon. It's it you know uh, it's something that you just said about how you feel it in your chest. That's actually a, that's something that struck me as as as, as very true. I I don't remember uh, I don't quite remember the last time I've had that sensation of feeling something that you know it, uh, my voice. I don't know what it was. The sound I felt it in my chest, and that's a weird thing, man. I how did you know that was gonna work that way? Like, is does it always work that way with everyone, or is do different people feel it differently? What's I, uh, Everyone feels it differently, but that thing you're describing is, is something that's always there with you. You know, you always feel your voice. It's just that you don't notice that you're feeling it. Um, and I think maybe, maybe it's because you don't notice that you're feeling it that it's, it's one of those um, sort of loops in perception that is ripe for hacking into. Because if you noticed it, if you had an intellectual relationship with it, you would notice me hacking into that. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That um, I'm, I'm really glad that you had that experience and that like now you you can kind of point to that because that's that's exactly what makes it work and that's exactly what I was trying to do. Um, but I got the I got the idea to do that because I was um, chanting and uh, on a mild dose of LSD at Burning Man and I as I was chanting I was listening to music and the music just happened to fill with voices at that time and I felt those voices as though they were a part of my voice uh, and it wasn't until you know, months later that I recognized that, that that sensation of vibration in your chest is is what allowed that uh that perception is what is what created that experience to me. And so that's that's that was sort of the beginning of sound self. Have you perhaps uh, inquired into the neuroscience of what's going on inside people's brains with this? And in, in that sense, I'm speaking of using perhaps a emotive epoch, one of those you know uh, brain scanners that are consumer grade these days. You know, I, I'm super uh, curious to see what, uh, for example, comparing a, a, a Zen Buddhist sort of type kind of person, you know, in, in their deep state of meditation and then trying to compare it to someone using sound self or, or just seeing, perhaps just figuring out, peering what is happening inside people's minds while they're trying out this, uh, this, this, uh, this experience. I mean, have you, have you thought about perhaps hanging out, like, you know, uh, hitting up some academics uh, or, or people who might help you, you know, with research or you can help, I mean, I feel like you would do them a favor because you're giving them you know, appearing into the human brain that I, I don't think there is much research into or, or too much literature into. I'm not sure. 
Yeah, it's sort of a realm of research. It was taboo for a long time, you know, until maybe 15 years ago, or maybe even a little bit less. Um, the study of consciousness uh, in in the scientific world was really taboo and sort of off limits, and and people described uh, people would study attention, right? And and for a long time there was this discussion of attention as though it were consciousness, but we've only sort of recently broken past that. And so there's some scientific literature out there, and just some studies being going on right now, you know, and over the last five, ten years, and we're making real breakthroughs in it. We, I say, as though I'm part of that research, but. Um, um, <laughs> I've just been reading about, about breakthroughs going in it. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, you're kind of hitting something I'm really interested in on the head. I, I am really interested in, in the empirical approach and I don't have, I don't have the tools at my disposal to study that. You know, even if I got a, uh, one of these EEGs or, um, uh, uh, even an fMRI, right? I, I would have no idea how to read that data, and so it would take an expert to read that data, and not just be making up some some bullshit. Um, so I'm like extremely interested in that, and I've been actively looking for neuroscientists and uh, academics who would who would be interested in in doing uh, in a partnership like that. It's just uh, uh, I come from the art world, so it's a uh, and and with no budget, it's sort of difficult to find a a collaborator like that. But I mean, I mean, from the outside, you know, um, they have studied trance. They've studied meditation. They haven't studied the experience of of sound self, right? But you know, they've studied like experiences. Um, and just from observing people after they exit sound self, I know it's doing similar things to what those are doing. But I haven't had the privilege of seeing seeing a brain in an fMRI scan or something like that while somebody's playing it. What is it about the rift that spoke to you? Why why rift integration in the first place for you? Yeah, well, um so I the initial idea came to me and I was thinking really small like like an iPad game because I wanted people to wear headphones, right? Cuz isolation was really important and immersion was really important. Um but as soon as the rift was announced, we'd already sort of started development on it just barely, and as soon as the rift was announced, we immediately changed gears, ordered three dev kits and was like this is what we're developing for because it it raised the ceiling of what we could do. I think the important thing about the rift is it it eliminates visual distraction. I mean, it it just eliminates it. Uh and in an experience like sound self, so here's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Um and and that's that I think Art. Um, hey, Raman, I oh, wait, I can't lost I can't hear you. You got yeah. cut out. Looks like it's getting you back. Dum, 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 dum. Hey, Chris. Chris, can you hear me? Can you hear me, Chris? Uh, let's try this again. Hey. Hey Chris. Chris. Yeah, yeah, sorry. It looks, looks like, like the, the uh, 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 looks looks like, like we lost connection. connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll keep the. I'll just keep audio going, just just in case it's it's the Wi-Fi that is you know getting slowed yeah, down sure. the video. Yeah, sorry. Sure, sure. sure. Okay, so uh, anyway, yeah, the the rift is powerful to me because it eliminates distraction, and um, I think that art, as art has evolved, has evolved to be competitive, right? And one of the and so sound self does not use story, right? But one of the reasons story has been so persistent in in our art for such a long time is because it's a very competitive form of organizing a trance, right? It's uh it it 
it connects your memory with your anticipation and it uses um, your ability to empathize to draw you in and see yourself in an experience right it's a, it's a highly effective form and it's highly competitive but there are and by competitive i mean like it uh, it draws your attention away from other distractions it organizes your attention in a more compelling way and in a more immediately compelling way than distractions would um uh, but that that's having a rift means that we can organize experiences without having to worry because it's so isolating without having to try to be competitive like if you're wearing a rift i don't have to compete with your email and i don't have to compete with other people who might be in in the house with you and i don't even have to compete with the the changing of the weather outside i can i can just create a really raw experience and uh uh, a really different sort of experience than than you'd be able to create if you had to compete with um, surrounding distractions. So that's the magic of the rift for me. No, no, no. I, I really no. That really speaks to me. I, I think you're you're 100 percent correct in terms of you know just using full immersion to completely <clears throat> involve the person's attention, especially in today's world. It, our attention spans are getting shorter and shorter and. Yeah, I think you guys made the right choice by using the Rift, especially yeah. with, with your visuals. Now, in terms of you know going forward, and you know what are your 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 plans for what the final product? I mean, is is sound self an evolving uh, thing that you're gonna keep going? Uh, you're gonna keep uh, adding to, or is it, or is there gonna be a final product one day? And and what will it look like? There's gonna be there's gonna be a final product at some point. Uh, I really want to launch it when the Rift launches, but. I don't know. We'll see about that. That that feels more and more unrealistic as our scope grows, um, because like I really I really could keep working on it forever, but that's just that's just not how you get anything done. So um, we're scoping it to be an experience with a lot of diverse sound and visuals that will move between each other in unpredictable ways based on your voice but in, in ways that you can't you can't quite decipher so that you can experience it again and again um but it's going to be so one of one of the things we've settled on is it's going to be like a 40 minute or two an hour long experience uh it's it's we're not going to have it so that you know you choose your own experience it's going to be structured sort of like proteus so you know you start the experience it lasts 30 to 40 minutes to an hour, uh, depending, uh, and then it ends. And, uh, and that's sort of, when I talked about like coming at this from the discipline of a video game, I think if I was coming at this from the discipline of like a tool maker or even an artist outside of video games, it'd be easy just to say, yeah, it should go on forever. But I think it's really important that it have an ending so that you're not, while you're experiencing it, you're not thinking, okay, should I decide I'm finished now? It's like, you trust the experience, you know that it's going to end, and then when it does end, it delivers you back into this world. Um, and uh, and we've been experimenting with different endings that are, like, even though it's not narratively structured, the endings and there are certain things we're doing throughout that give it um, sort of an abstract structure that, that you really feel when you get to the end. Yeah, so in terms of uh, like replay value wise, is there going to be like um, you know just a, a whole variety of animations and and and, yeah. and visuals that will you know how many how many how many times will I have to try sound self until I get I get to see all the animations? Do you think? Well, ideally, ideally, um, 
ideally infinitely, right? It's so right now it, we've got three programs in it, three sub programs that interpret your voice in in different ways and dance in different ways, right? And within each of those programs, there's a lot of diversity of what you can experience. But because there's only three of them, uh, and because they move together right now linearly, uh, it's not a, you know the replay value is is. Um, is there if you are interested in repeating the experience, but it's not going to give you a new totally rich experience each time. Well, then this is what we're working on, you know, is adding more content so that uh, I want it to be so that you can experience the game, game, I call it. You can experience it like uh, 20 times and, and have a radically different experience each time. So, um, and the more the more content we add, the more replayability we get and so that's what we're working on right, right now. now so what's your background like how did you tell me your story how did you wind up in virtual reality <laughs> yeah that's a weird one i i guess um i sort of got into games as a sound designer um and i did like i did the sound for antichamber and the stanley parable um and i also made this game called deep sea a little bit ago did you hear about deep sea i i have not had the pleasure unfortunately <laughs> it's not a pleasure uh it's uh so a deep sea is a uh, was i like with with hindsight i can recognize it as a virtual reality game uh, but it's it's it uses no visuals the player wears a gas mask to play it um uh, that blinds them uh so as you're playing this game you have this sticky rubber on your face and you can't see anything and it's difficult to breathe and furthermore when you breathe if you breathe in the sound of the game goes and if you breathe out, the sound of the game goes... Which means if you're breathing, you can't hear anything. So what you're trying to do in Deep Sea is hunt a sea monster before it kills you. Um, and the optimal strategy for doing so is depriving yourself of oxygen. Um, so that was that was my first game design. And... Uh, it was it was an installation, right? Because this is not consumer hardware. Um, and uh, it was like I can see now. Ah, that's that's virtual reality. That's that is uh, really immersing somebody in an alternate alternative world. Um, at the time, I was still you know lingering on um, game mechanics because you know it is mechanical. There's there's an enemy you have to shoot and uh, um, and also story, right? Um, but I I think those were kind of what made the experience inelegant. Um, Although at the time I was exploring fear, right? Because I knew, I knew from my own gaming experience, I loved Dead Space at the time, and I still love Dead Space. Dead Space holds a really dear, dear spot in my heart. Um, so I, I'd, I'd finished playing Dead Space, and I re- remembered, you know, how the fear really drew me into it, and so I used fear and um, to create that immersive experience, you know, to shortcut the the player's logical mind. But I, th- I think I learned enough from that experience to to see what was working about it. And, and one of the goals with here was not to, with SoundSelf, was not to rely on fear as a crutch and instead um, use all the techniques I learned from SoundSelf, or from, excuse me, from Deep Sea to entrance the player and uh, and give them a, a sort of introspective ecstasy instead of introspective terror. Very cool. Yeah. What is your, what is, so, so, you know, a, a little bit ago, I read an article uh, posted on, on our Oculus talking about how um, some, it was, I don't know if it was an opinion piece. I think it was an opinion piece from from, from Fox News. Some some dude from uh, Fox News was talking about how uh, 
the rift in virtual reality i mean this is uh, this is called they're calling it a, a technological drug um and they were talking about how you know just a, the typical escapism you know uh it just your stereotypical prohibitionist sort of <laughs> like lingo using against it i yeah, mean isn't that yeah, funny? It's not funny yeah it's it's just history repeating itself uh it, it's so you know, do you think people will view sound self uh, and and ex rift experiences? Will they? Do you think you guys will be used as an example of, you know, the decadent nature of the technological drug that is infecting the young minds of our youth? <laughs> I uh, I think I think I think it's it's. I mean, I can only hope that we we have the cultural penetration to to be used as an example of such as such. Um, and I mean, I say that like it, I mean, there that that kind of mindset is going to to vilify whatever is new and different and in the public eye, right? You know, so if that happens, then it'll be because SoundSelf is enough in the public eye for that to happen, and that would be great. But I think I think like SoundSelf itself serves really well, both as an example of that, right? Because it it very effectively transports a player, um, but also as as a counterexample because. Um, I think the magic of sound self is not going into it; it's coming back. Um, I, th I think this is true also of of psychedelics. Um, the you go on the trip, but but you come back, and it's coming back, changed and and uh, knowing something different about your perceptual processes that that makes being here richer. Um, so. I'm sure those comparisons are inevitable. I've probably invited them by being open about the uh, psychedelic inspirations for the game. But, um, but I mean, there's so much more to it than just like, oh, it's a trip, you know? It's, a, it, it's, it's the return, it's the experience of, of self in a, in a unique and challenging way. It's, um, I, I don't think sound self is, uh, is like a, uh, a pleasure center uh, triggering indulgence, um, like, like some games are, you know, I, I don't think it's escapism, um, but I'm, I'm sure you could use, I, I'm sure you could find a way to describe it as such. Yeah, no, they'll, they, yeah, anybody who is just in that mindset will find a way to vilify it, you're right. Um, yeah, and, yeah. and it's because it's scary, you know, it's scary and it's new, it, it's, it's, and all of this is scary and new, right? Um, but, but sound self in, I mean, virtual reality is is a scare. I don't see virtual reality as a um, as a system for video games. I see it as an entirely new medium, and as such, as such, it's we don't know what's going to come from it. We don't know how it's going to affect people's brains. We're working this out. And we're trying to do so responsibly. I mean, being ethical in the creation of sound self is like I I have I have had to sacrifice a lot of sort of creative decisions because you know I I need to be really ethical here right the player is entranced and so like for a long time i was thinking wouldn't it be interesting to have some non-abstract visuals in it but um uh, but the answer is is no if if i use non-abstract visuals then while the player is in that vulnerable hypno hypnosis state i am throwing meaning onto them rather than giving them a mirror that allows them to project their own meaning um so like I mean, designing with with a mind to ethics, I think, is really important in this space. But uh, precisely because it's new. But but you know, it's yeah, it, it is it is absolutely inevitable that people are going to be scared of it because because it's new. And I just I but but like I believe it's beautiful. I believe what we're doing in this space is beautiful. And I think I think that uh, it speaks really positively for the future of um, 
uh, I'll use the word entertainment, but entertainment feels too light. Light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think it's. I, I mean, I, I'm, you're spe- you're preaching to the choir, by the way. So I'm, yeah, oh, I'm I know, right I with know, you. I know. <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to take the the devil's advocate piece to to see if I can, you know, challenge challenge you for a bit. Uh, you know, yeah, I think it just what you said. You know, it's and something that you've just said that really struck with me just now was the ethics of creating VR experiences. And you know, how do you think that will work itself out? I mean, is that you know, because I, you know, you, you haven't, you're, you're a nice guy. You're, you're thinking about, you know, the nice, the, 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 you know, ethical ways of developing VR experiences. But not everyone is, 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 is like you. Or, uh, and so, you know, how, how will the ethics get worked? It's how will people work the, out the ethics of using virtual reality? You know, is there going to be like a consumer watchdog? Is there going to be like a, a community of, of, of people policing themselves? You know. Or, or is it going to be like? Are we going to have to draw up, draw up a, a charter of of virtual reality rights and and so so on and so forth? I don't know. I, I mean, what do you think? You know, these these ethical questions of creating experiences will will work themselves out. Oh, that's a really really good question. Um, I mean, I've only thought of this to the extent of my relationship with my own work, um, and. Um, so I, I don't have an answer. I just know that, I don't know, like I look at the game industry, right? And we go to GDC and there's sort of this dark corner of GDC that is people talking about casino games. And I think I think that when you are designing a game to um, uh, hypnotize a player into losing the contents of their wallet to you, I think that there is an ethical breach there. I think there's a breach in, uh, in contract between player and artist. Um, so I mean, this is like, and to be uh, virtual reality is an amplification of the power we have as designers, right? And so you're going to, you're certainly going to see people using that power in abusive ways. That's that's inevitable with any new popular technology. Um, so I think it's I think it's absolutely reasonable to be afraid of that. Um, I think we just need to be vigilant. I'm not I'm not in favor of laws or charters or anything like that i'm i'm more in favor of um cultural ethics and and creating a creative culture of uh where we respect the player um and that's uh, yeah like like to me it's just recognizing the power of what we're doing and wanting to be true to ourselves but also be true to the player who is giving our work their time uh, and be good to them. Um, that's I think that's that's the best I can do, right? Is is just be respectful of who's playing this. Um, yeah, indeed. No, and and I think about like just what you were saying. This dark corner of of casino type games, and you know, immediately I think of things like like Candy Crush, who use oh, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you know who use like the bright colors, the psychology of what casinos do to keep players playing. They're using it on on mobile games, and I feel like you know perhaps. Not a charter, perhaps not a watchdog, but definitely being educated about why, you know, how this is being used, you know, to manipulate you, to 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 make you feel a certain way, to keep you playing, and, and so in that sense, I think that's that is going to it's going to repeat itself inside virtual reality. There will be, you know, big companies or or individuals who will decide to utilize the immersion of virtual reality to 
I, I, again, you know, keep people spending or keep people in there. I, I... Or just plant ideas in people's heads, right? You could do that pretty easily. Um, yeah, it's it's something. I man, I don't know. It's it's like yeah, that's that's gonna happen, and I think I think the answer is um, just keep people informed. You know, like if you if you are okay, you're a virtual reality enthusiast, right? And so you are um, you, you're probably interested in the way your mind works, and you're probably like you're talking about Candy Crush here, and so you know the way Candy Crush hypnotizes you, right? I talk about sound self as doing hypnosis, and I do that to be transparent. It is a hypnosis experience, and I think it's I think consumers um, consuming media. Uh, I just think it's important to recognize that whether you're watching a TV show or playing a video game, what you are doing is um, indulging in a hypnosis experience. You are giving uh, your brain to an artist and you have to choose the stuff you watch on TV based on whether or not you trust the artist. You have to choose the games that you play based on, you know, and we do this already, right? And we, we translate that into I like this versus I don't like this or uh, it feels nourishing to experiencing this art, whereas it, it feels um, lazy to experience this art. Or um, uh, like, and I think now more than ever, consumers are really aware of the hypnotic power of like advertisements, for example, video games. Uh, like you could really easily just just throw um, subconscious advertisements into into a rift experience, and nobody would know what's happening, right? Um, I think. But I'm less like I'm I'm not I'm not thinking about sort of the legal structure around all of this. I'm just thinking about personal accountability. And I think as artists, we need to uh, be honest and transparent. And uh, like I see in the indie movement, you know, what's nice about people playing indie games is you get to know like you know who's making the games. You get to know them to a certain extent. You get to know them through their work and also like people who play indie games sort of, um, I guess have a more of a personal relationship with the creator than if you're, if you're playing triple A games. And I think there's, there's reason for that to engender trust. Um, so I guess it's just like being informed, you know, both, both as creators and as consumers, we need to be informed about the power of the technology and, uh, and make, make decisions based on our, uh, our understanding of that power and, and, and not based on, you know, uh, what might feel good in the moment or, uh, or like, like when I'm, when I'm playing video games, I watch myself, I observe myself and I'm like, why am I playing this? Is this enriching my life? And if it is, I keep playing it and I might make that game a part of my life. And if it's not, then I don't play it because I recognize that it's not good for me. So I, I like that. No, I like the way you think it in terms of, you know, just, uh, yeah, being vigilant and being informed of, of what is uh, what is the, con the content that is being uh, not pushed on us, but perhaps available, being become available, that is going to become available, especially because, <clears throat> and I think about this because I, I you know, for example, Facebook has uh, talked about how they want to create a billion user metaverse. <coughs> That's you know, and 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 you, you know, I like your ideals in terms of artists being uh, cognizant of the power of this technology, but when these artists 
are buried under the you know the structure of a giant corporation with lawyers and managers and stockholders and shareholders like that that becomes their influence becomes a little less a bit more muddled right and and so and and that's yeah and corporate interests are corporate interests can certainly be uh kind of forget the human at the other end of the of the line and so in a billion person facebook metaverse i you know i can i i i can totally see you know enhancing experiences such as yours like sounds of would be competing with Farmville in vr and you know and, and so it, it's it, i i'm really crossing my fingers that like net neutrality stays the same because then you know indie people like you will, will, won't have to compete that much more uh have that many more barriers against you know i think if you look at the recent history um i think if anything it's going the other direction right we are seeing a massive decentralization uh of the media that people consume right and this is partly because of the internet and so if you're interested in certain things it's really easy to find artists who are working on those particular things um I think that I think that consumers more and more are not just consuming what they're told they want to consume and are going out of their way to find the stuff that really um, super serves their niche, super serves them. Um, so, yeah, like there is in this billion person metaverse a I, I mean, there's room there for abuse. Right. And there's that's certainly going to appeal to a lot of people. But I, I and, uh, you know, but like something that appeals to a billion people doesn't doesn't nourish and fill the needs of and and really treat as an individual any one of them and so we're like that may like i use facebook right but i use it to service uh my needs to find the things that really nourish me facebook doesn't nourish me facebook is a tool by which i i find those things you know i find the events that i want to go to i find the the art that that i find interesting um so i i'd be like I'm optimistic just because the recent history sort of points towards decentralization of the way people um, digest media, but but you know I don't I don't know that I've I've also not been around for a long time, and so like I might just be observing uh, a swing of the pendulum, and, and it may well swing the other way, um, but I can't. Yeah, let's hope it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's you know because I think I they I I feel like the cable providers, the internet providers, they realize how powerful this thing is and how yeah. you know their TV service and telephone service is complete shit compared to what the internet now is able to offer. And you know they and they know that the internet is gonna is is gonna eat their TV broadcasting money and their you know whatever t you know telephone service. Uh, in and for that matter, like that's why. I think they're the FCC is in the pockets of these people and and pushing this no net neutrality nonsense. Wow. In any regard, I mean, I, I'm hopeful, just like you. I just I'm always thinking about the the worst case scenario and, and bringing it up to people to see how they react. Yeah, and I'm glad you are, and people should be. I've I've sort of like I see on my Facebook feed and in my email feed people talking about X company trying to take away net neutrality, and I've been sort of deliberately shutting myself out to it because. It's it's just toxic to me. Like I'm, 
I, the more I read the news, the more I can't focus on making my art. And that's just me, right? You know, and, and once I finish Sound Self, I'll be able to get back to, you know, being a responsible citizen. But uh, <laughs> I'm grateful that, that, uh, that you're staying on top of this and that people are because, because I'm not. Um, I'm just, I'm just like, like the thing I'm doing is, is making Sound Self and it, it requires all of my attention. And if I, if I divert my news to the disasters of the, the systems that, uh, distribute knowledge and information, then then it, it depresses me, and I I just can't create. Keep please keep keep the status quo going. Keep please keep going. Keep make keep making sound self sound self. I gotta say though, you know this is a, a pattern amongst VR developers that I've been speaking to. Like you guys are so you know, and I think that's a good thing. I think you you guys are so immersed, uh, pun intended, <laughs> into your projects that you you know that you you shut out the rest of the world i i, I you know i'm glad you guys are doing that actually um yeah. because yeah. it's there's so much nonsense going on and you know it, and there's so it's so hard it's so easy to get into like a spiral of uh, out of a controlness like you know if, if if you at all even try to follow the whole ukraine ordeal like you know it's just madness the whole thing and the more you know the the more you read on it the more you try to figure out what the fuck is going on the the more you realize like holy shit i don't know anything because i don't know who's telling me the truth <laughs> yeah 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 it's it's scary and if i the more i read that stuff the more i the more I can't focus on 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 making this a little beautiful thing, uh, but I, I'm curious. So like I've 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 been going out of my way not to click the links and not to to read about what's going on. But but as long as we're talking about it, what is going on with the net neutrality stuff? Well, you know the FCC's uh, chairman, chairman, man, man. Uh, he was uh, a while, a little while ago. He came out saying, you know, in a preliminary, he put out a preliminary plan. Saying that he would, you know, they were they're planning on ending net neutrality, hmm. and and what that would mean is they would hand, you know, they, the the cable companies, the ISP providers, would become the middleman between you and your internet service, you, you, and so it, it sucks because you know they're they're using this facade of oh Netflix is using too much bandwidth in the two in the pipes and it's not fair and they should pay more. Um, but but really, it's it's they're scared of competition. They're scared to compete with the internet. They know that the internet is eating their lunch money again with the TV service and the telephone service because we have Skype now and we have YouTube and you know way better uh, forms of expression and media consumption in the inside the internet than anything you know Directv could provide me. Um, I'm not a I'm not much of a sports fan, so I don't miss that I, I don't i'm a cable cutter i don't watch t i don't you know the only thing that i like cable cutter i've not heard that before i like it yeah cable cutter yeah so so like yeah i don't I, you know i just realized it's obsolete i don't need i don't need you to sell me what what 450 channels when i only watch 17 i don't need that yeah. so and they realize it and because you know uh, we live in an oligarchy where the you know billionaires are controlling the strings of the puppet politicians. You know, they're they you know the FCC is 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 playing to the is is dancing to the beat of these uh, companies' drum. So yeah, I, I, you know, there's a there's outrage all over the internet. Everyone is you know the people are sending letters to their senators and to the FCC saying what the fuck, what are you doing? Um, you're gonna fuck shit up because they're gonna kill innovation. They're gonna kill this this engine of, of human ingenuity and growth. Um, uh, if any, you know what I'm saying. Like so, it's 
it's not i i i'm ho- i'm hopeful i don't think anything is gonna go through if, if at all um you you but... trust our government more than i do <laughs> yeah it's just scary to see how uh, i i'm well i majored in you know political science and it was uh it was a bullshit major but it, it, at least it if anything i walked away with realizing um or having uh, having dipped my toes in in where where is the, where does power come from yeah and and in yeah. and, and being able to point to that is is can be useful sometimes like you know in the bay area and in, in where i live like where does power come from oh uh, i cu- it comes from the tech sector it comes from yeah, like a, a huge chunk of that you know financial services industry like you know that's where the power comes from so so it's just interesting to see and 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 i really i just wanted to get your reaction into into what's going on yeah i feel like i'm hearing you describe this and i just feel myself curling up into a ball inside because i i i just want to pretend that's not the world that we live in uh uh... no we got this man we got this we're gonna we're gonna get through this together because you know people will realize if it goes through people will realize how uh how much of a bad idea it was to ignore it in the first place and i think people will demand to 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 bring it back um, because you know it, it's we're t- i feel like i'm taking it for granted i i feel like i don't do enough um to try to uh, get more involved in in the whole in this whole deal um but but yeah i i'm hopeful all right well look we're already talking about this so let's say like if i want to uh, this is as much for my benefit as for, you know, people listening who are a little more politically active than me. Uh, let's say I want to, uh, easily send a letter to my, uh, senator or something. Is there like a, a website I could do that through? Yeah. You know, there was, a uh, C's, I will put the link on the show notes. <laughs> okay. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. There's this, there's a couple YouTubers who are putting out links, um, specifically to protect the internet. There was a couple Reddit threads that I was going through that were, um, really useful in terms of, uh, getting the word out and, 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 and figuring out how to tackle this issue. So, so I'll find them and I'll, I'll research them and I'll put them in the show notes, uh, for, uh, but I just, off the top of my head, I don't have any right now. I found, I found one right now, save the internet.com. That's one of them. Yep. Uh, anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. I will, I will do my bit, my little, little, little bit. So <sighs> it, don't spend too much time uh, off of sound self. We, yeah. we need you to work off so that, you know, Fox news can use you as an example of, <laughs> yes. using, uh, the tech of this technology, impending technological drug. And here's the thing, you know, a lot of it, let's let's divert a little bit and, and cross over to the rabbit hole for a sec because yeah. um, I've I, I, I have this this notion that virtual reality will shape our identity and our culture in the future and you know uh, for example for me like I a, a big chunk of my identity came from my environment the environments and the people I surrounded myself up growing up yeah. now. Same with anybody. Right. So, so, but, but here's the thing, like, you know, my children or the generation that's going to grow up having virtual reality, uh, you know, just like how we had the internet, you know, I, I wonder like what will their cultural, you know, difference will look like, how will, how will their identity change compared to us? Will, will they be, 
you know, will they be easily able to carry second identities because they'll have the virtual identity and the real identity? Are they going to, you know what I'm saying? Like, what, what I wonder what that culture is going to look like once the internet uh, materializes before their eyes inside the metaverse. Like, that's... yeah, you, you know, we, we can't even, we can, we can imagine, but, but I mean, that's, that's it. Like we, we really, you you think about the world we live in now and could a could i don't know a uh, a medieval uh surf have imagined this world you know with with the magic that we we live with every day no not not even a little bit um and things are changing faster now than ever and your mind um you'd like your brain the architecture of your consciousness is is different now than the architecture of the consciousnesses of of people growing up in the middle ages and the architecture of the consciousnesses of people growing up in hunter gatherer tribes you know we are we are a very different sort of thinking machine almost a different species right and 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 increasingly more so than ever you know we we can't even begin to imagine it um the future is certainly one that's more connected than our present. It's certainly one that's more informed than our present. Uh, but and I'm optimistic because I think I think unless we blow ourselves up, things just as I mean have historically always gotten better and better and better and better for more people. Um, so I, I'm optimistic that that trend will continue because that's that's the only trend that has has been true through human history. But uh, but I like I I can't even imagine you know when I have kids or grandkids who grow up with virtual reality in a in a hyper connected uh, internet of mind right their 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 brain structure is just going to be so different from mine that I um uh, that they may as well be enough their species you know um and that's that's great that's that's a part of our evolution is uh I think we're moving away from biological evolution and towards um. Uh, a more techno biological evolution uh and and that's not something to be afraid of it's something that we should you know watch and handle ethically but if you just say no don't change then you just remove yourself from the conversation uh yep and you get left behind yeah I, I i agree i think you know we're we're definitely accelerating at a at a at a pace never before felt and i feel that much more grateful to be alive right now oh yeah absolutely absolutely you know and i by the way you you bring up the the the, the idea of that as long as we don't blow ourselves up i have you know the other day i came up with the solution to making sure that humanity never blows itself up with nuclear weapons and, and what do we do and, and indulge me in this one because what i'm sure. thinking is uh we have to uh launch uh hydrogen bombs into the moon uh and and crater it in order to form a giant penis but so what would happen right we would blow up the moon like, like not we wouldn't blow it up we would like dot it with like nuclear bombs and and so we would all see the flowers like, oh my god that is so horrifying and yet beautiful and then at the end it would just form the shape of a giant penis so that humanity for the rest of its existence on earth every time it looked up at the moon it would see a giant penis reminding us that we drew that up with nuclear bombs 
and you know it was just it, it would just show you show us the the power of of uh the atom that's it mind we're is, done yeah that's it we're, we're, we ship we, it we saved it we saved humanity uh yeah. in, <laughs> in terms of drugs in in virtual reality and this is a, a subject that i i really want to get deep in in with you because you know people might you know the detractors the people who want to vilify experiences such as sound self will say you know well you guys are encouraging I know someone will say this. You guys are encouraging drug use in in virtual reality. How would you respond to something like that? I I don't know. I don't know. Um, I mean, f firstly, I don't encourage drug use. You know, like like not. I mean, I I I've been speaking about psychedelics, right? And and when I speak about them, I do, I do try to say, you know, yes, they can be powerful for the reasons that I've described, but they can also be very dangerous. Um, so like. I, I don't know. I, I think we just have a really backward uh, relationship with uh, with drugs. Um, and uh, they are very dangerous. You know, they, they can be very dangerous because they're, they're very powerful. But uh, um, I don't know. I, I can't even relate to um, – I can't even relate to the mind that, that says um, – that that believes in a moralistic black and white universe where some things are good and some things are bad you know i i can't even identify with that i can't have a conversation with that because because it, it's so context dependent um and i'm just i'm just trying to make something beautiful and good and and safe you know that's something that i think about right sound self is a is a safe trip um but um and and I hope I hope to the degree that it it interests people in in psychedelics it it would because I mean it's less about psychedelics I think and more about trance right but it's just like psychedelics are part of my story and so that it just becomes part of sound self story and uh, uh, I don't know I'm I'm not trying to encourage people to to use psychedelics I'm I'm really not um, but I can't I I can't uh, I can't I can't comment on on stories other people would tell, and I can't. I can't. I can really only speak about what I'm trying to do. So, um, yeah. If people say that, I don't know. I'll I'll probably just be like, yeah, you got me. I don't. I don't know. I, I... <laughs> Guilty as charged. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> but but no. I'm I like like I'm really I'm really not trying to encourage drug use but I, I it is like i can't i can't talk about my my creative process in this without talking about psychedelics um and also as part of that journey i can't talk about it without talking about the danger of psychedelics i got hospitalized last year and had to pay fifteen thousand dollars in medical uh expenses because of a, a psychedelic journey gone bad you know um so um yeah i'm by no means an evangelist for for psychedelics um so you would uh, you wouldn't say you know you're you're not one of the I'm not sure would you be one of the, uh, the people to, one of those people who who would say uh, are you for everyone on planet Earth getting uh, tripping on psychedelics? Uh, no, no, it's not for everyone. No, no, definitely not. Um, it's uh, it's it, they're very very powerful and uh, very because they're powerful um, if. If treated without due responsibility, incredibly dangerous. Um, but if treated with responsibility, they can open doors of perception. Um, but yeah, how yeah. do you know you're responsible? How do you? How would someone know how, that 
I'm I'm ready. I can take it. How do, how do, how would someone be able to tell? Yeah, I I don't know. I don't have an answer to that. I know because like I I thought I was responsible with this stuff and I made a, a mistake last year. You know, so clearly I was wrong. Um, I don't I don't have an answer to that. I think I think that having a culture that that just vilifies these things stops us. You know, developing actual um, sort of cultural systems to, to, to make it like really safe, you know? Um, and, and the war on drugs is, is certainly not helping. Um, but, um, yeah, I think, I think, I think being responsible is about learning how to deal with this stuff as a culture and, and just pretending they don't exist or, or pretending they are, you know, like seeds of the devil is not, it doesn't really help us have an intelligent conversation about the power, both both positive and negative, of of these substances. But I, I mean, like, okay, so like, I I think the important thing to mention here, like, is, is that with regards to sound self, it's it's like, so sound self is a trip, but it's it's a trip where you're in your chair and you can take off the rift. You know, it's it's designed to be safe, and it's not. It's like I think it's as powerful as a mild dose of LSD, and it it takes you on that trip into your mind and then brings you back. But it's not, it's certainly not the kind of, uh, it, it's not like it's not like a, a I, I don't think it has the the power and and thus the danger of you know a really high dose of uh, of a psychedelic substance or something. I I, th I definitely see it as 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 a positive tool. I you know so, yeah, I, I again I I'm gonna have to get, keep trying it because I I I like that feeling of having of feeling my voice in my chest somehow and it's a weird feeling. Again I I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. <laughs> Thanks. I'm glad. I'm really glad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, this is a very fascinating subject in terms of you know I, I wonder what um you know if there will be a creator or so, or, or something like who will who will actually say yeah you know some somewhere down the line i feel like there will be someone who will say so, some something like yeah you have to use this a vr experience with a drug and but i don't know it's just a matter of time for me <laughs> to see who's going to do it yeah i've not, i've actually never tried it uh with with a drug um i don't i don't think it would be a good experience for me um uh, because because I can't, I, I can't experience sound self the way other people do. I, I experience it and I see what's wrong with it and what I need to fix. Uh, so they, it wouldn't make for um, uh, for a very good pairing, I think, for me. Um, but yeah, actually, on my on the Facebook page for Sound Self, I've uh, I've put a photo album of our guest book from Burning Man, and and you can go through there and just see the the wonderful letters from people, some of whom were clearly tripping balls. Um, <laughs> that's amazing that's so cool yeah i'm gonna have to check it out and i'll put that on the show notes as well <laughs> please, please. definitely um so you know what is what are what are your next projects looking forward are you are you just focusing entirely on sound self or do you already have ideas uh you know uh, clinging in the back of your mind right now right now it's pretty much only sound self um any if i try to think about other things it it just uh, it just distracts me and it, it it makes it harder to work on on this thing um but after sound self i'm so it's it's incredibly stressful being a uh being sort of the master creator of a project um and being its representative um and i i i really i really miss being 
the sound designer on a project, you know, being a support role. Uh, I really miss that. Um, and I'll, I'll probably revisit this space again sometime in the future, but like sound self came to me. I, I didn't like sit and think about what should I create next? You know, it just sort of came to me and I was like, okay, well I have to, I have to make that and I have to develop that. Um, but when sound self finishes, unless I have another idea immediately after that, that just consumes me like this one has, then I'm, I'm just going to go right back to doing sound design for games. And I, I cannot wait. I really can't wait. It's gonna, um, it's, it's just so much less stressful. Yeah. And you know, it's, is it hard? I mean, for you, I imagine, is it, is it just as hard to create a game for virtual reality as a medium or, or, you know, in terms of like as a medium, uh, compared to uh, regular traditional games, or or, there's, or is it that much lo a bigger level of, of, of pressure and stress? Because it... uh, for for me as as a designer, I've I've pretty much only worked in VR, right? Sound self is VR, definitely. Um, Deep Sea, in hindsight, I can see. Okay, I was thinking about VR, and I've tried I've tried to design more mechanical, like arcadey things, but but my my brain, my designer brain, just doesn't work that way. So I find I find that to be incredibly challenging. Um, uh, I find designing mechanics that you interact with on a cognitive intellectual level so much more perplexing to me as a designer than uh, designing mechanics that are are meant to be interacted with subconsciously, like those in Sound Self and Deep Sea. Um, it's just it's just the way I think, you know, um, and that makes me uh, a really unique designer. But it also means that I'm not um, I, I, I make games. I make the kinds of experiences that uh, I'm attracted to, but also the ones that I that my brain is suited to and that I can make. And I think I, I to me, the hard stuff is designing um, like how how do you design a, a massive real time or turn based strategy game? I can't even begin to comprehend how you would um develop and and balance and intersect all the the systems and and work out how they uh all of those systems interact with the limited attention of your uh of your awareness right like i i can't even begin to fathom that it's it, that sounds really hard to me um virtual reality is sort of the only design space i know how to how to work in aside from sound design Nice. <laughs> Follow me uh, again into Crazy Town because I have another uh, interesting uh, set of ideas that I, I'd like to get your opinion on. Um, I think, uh, you know, and, and Stephen Hawking uh, came out saying just recently, um, and, you know, Stephen Hawking is one of the greatest geniuses of our time, talking about how the greatest mistake humanity will ever make is uh, uh, unleashing artificial intelligence uh, onto yeah, the world. Wrong. Um, and so, you know, I think about like, w w what does he mean? What is he talking about? Like artificial intelligence. And, and so, you know, I, I, I've been, I'm involved with a little bit of tech research here and there. And, you know, I have a friend who, who, uh, who was speaking to someone really smart. And that person was saying how, yeah, I already know how I'm going to die. He said, I'm going to die fighting a, a machine somewhere, somewhere. Oh, that's stupid. I mean, it's not, it's not stupid. This person might be really smart, right? You know, but there are a lot of. You're, again, so you, so in, in terms of like, 
I don't know if I can't predict the future. And and if I were uh, an artificial intelligence, like you know, wouldn't you see this primate thing? You know, once you again surpass human intelligence, that's the singularity, right? The point at which computers can you know make computers faster than themselves, and you know they o overtake human uh, uh, intellect. You know, at that point, wouldn't a computer think to itself, I mean, this could go either in any direction, but in my mind, I'm thinking, like, this computer would say, think to itself, like, these fucking primates, they're destroying this planet. You know, it's just, like, I think it, it, it would just feel logical for it to just annihilate us or figure out a way to get rid of us, right? And so... You know, you know, I was talking to my girlfriend. And I was like, you know, how do we, how, how can this even get solved? Like, how, how does that even, you know, how would you even fight this, this thing? And, uh, you know, she thought about like, you know, using um, genetic engineering so that humanity could form a single conscious entity that would be able to use, you know, its its cumulative consciousness to fight off the machine. And I was like, the answer to me was like, drugs. We all need to start tripping on drugs. Um, it, it, but you know, in a dystopian, you know, crazy, uh, parallel universe where, where that, where that happened, where, where we're about to, where we're reaching a point where we're going to have to think about, are we going to fight this machine? Are we going to have to, I mean, does that even, even cross your mind? Like, you know, and the reason why I bring that up to you is because I sound self is a is a psychedelic experience to me, like, and I feel like you know people would benefit greatly from it, um, because again, the answer is drugs. <laughs> so, um, you know, do you perhaps like see that at all? Like, am I am I just a crazy man here? <laughs> I, I I I don't know. I I don't think I don't think sound self is gonna help in the fight against machines. But I also think like, so there's a there's a. Um, Stephen Hawking, the thing to keep in mind about Stephen Hawking, uh, he's really smart, he's, he's a brilliant physicist, but he's also really old. Um, and uh, so I read these, I, I love science fiction, and I love reading old science fiction, um, like beginning of the century, uh, of the 20th century science fiction. Uh, and what's really interesting, reading science fiction that was written a long time ago, you see how the futures... Uh, painted by these people are projections of uh, their fears of the day. So you look at early 20th century science fiction, and there are two stories that I, I that really strongly come to mind. One of them was, and I, I don't remember who they were by. I can't I can't like give you links to them or anything. These are just kind of recollections of mine. Um, so one of them was this story about uh, a man going to Mars and finding this Martian intelligence there. Um, and he, he goes on this adventure into, like, caves and has this laser gun and, like, fights off all sorts of baddies. And then this Martian intelligence, like, has a laser gun as well. And they communicate to each other. And I, I just looked at that and I thought, how incredibly unimaginative, right? You know, you are, are projecting a kind of um, intelligence as, as ruler over uh over all things uh as as dominator that was uh this idea that that was so strong in the early 20th century end of the 19th century uh and you you look a little bit later around the cold war time and you see i remember the short story i read that was about um a a human crew on a spaceship uh going way out into deep space and just coming upon a 
an alien species in an alien spaceship. And, you know, they all hang out together for a while, but they, they have this dilemma. And that dilemma is neither of them can leave because if, if one spaceship leaves, the other spaceship can follow that spaceship and destroy their home planet or take over their home planet, right? Um, and, or no, or not. But at uh, this story was written with like like both intelligences were aware that they couldn't leave and were aware that they couldn't allow the other one to leave that only one of them could could uh, continue to exist right but this is it's just it's just not true it's projection of sort of a um, a belief about what intelligence is and how intelligence works that was prevalent at at the time of the uh, of the Cold War. Um, and right now it seems so backwards, right? There's no reason to assume that a, um, a star navigating intelligence would be as destructive as our 20th century was. Um, and, uh, there's no reason to believe that there is no possible peaceful coexistence. There is only when one power is capable of annihilating another, the only safety is in the annihilation of that one. Um, so I think you're seeing you're seeing this in Stephen Hawking, right? He's a 20th century guy. He, uh, he, he I, I, I don't know how old he is, um, but he, um, he grew up. Yeah, he, he's pretty old, and he grew up in a different time, right? You know, and so his his picture of what artificial intelligence is. He said the same thing of alien life. He said that if if we encounter extraterrestrial intelligence, it will be the end of us, um. Right, and he's projecting a notion of intelligence both into artificial intelligence and into extraterrestrial intelligence based on his experience of of what intelligence, what terrible things intelligence is capable of of wreaking upon itself, as witnessed in the twentieth century. But you know, especially with artificial intelligence, we have the wisdom of learning from our mistakes, and we can design an intelligence that is um. Uh, 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 not uh that isn't vulnerable to our own follies and also like design we're, we're designing our future biological selves and both culturally and and technologically and uh and i think i think the power of technology is allowing us to even if we're not literally changing our dna um although you know that's that's an inevitability i think but um we are designing the minds of the future and we're designing the minds of the future to be increasingly respectful of other minds. Um, and I think, I think it's silly to, to imagine that we would design an artificial intelligence that would, uh, value its own survival over the survival of the system that created it. That, that just seems, that just doesn't seem real to me. I think, I think you're right. And, and, and so for, so I was projecting Stephen Hawking in his interpretation, of what would happen? Here's Chris Miranda's interpretation of what would happen. Uh, it, we would design. So, so the artificial intelligence in my, in my mind, like, because it would become so smart, you know, smarter than us, right. Individually, like it would realize that, you know, and I, this is where I, I perhaps, I don't know if, if it's, if it's too much, too speculative, but what, fuck it. We're in the rabbit hole. You know, this is where I, I think about, like, if it takes a higher intellect in my mind to share and to cooperate, you know, it, it's easy, for example, like, it's it doesn't take that much of a high, like, it, it takes a higher intellect to cooperate and share, and it takes a less, 
it's easier to fight. It's easier to have to be scared. And so, yeah, that's and, so fight flight and, things. and so this it's, it's... this machine would would realize like you know what because I'm that I'm so smart like it it I will work out a way to work with these humans you know it's not it's yeah. it, the and and, and it would and it would come up to us and say hey humans if I I can make your life better I can we can work together because I have a stake on this universe now that you've made me a life form and you have a stake in this universe let's just let's just cooperate. Or we can fight and I can destroy you because, you know, I'll win. And so we humans would be like, all right, you know, this is where this is where I'm like, I'm I'm, I'm I think I would <laughs> I'm hopeful that the machine would be, uh, I, I guess, benevolent. But, you know, benevolent in its own interest in, in terms of like, you know, it's it would be such a hassle for it to just fight us off, you know. Uh, but I'm I'm worried about the humans. How would humans react to this new life form, right? Like, would they say like, "Oh shit," you know, you know, how do how can we trust you? How can we trust that you're gonna share and cooperate and make and keep us free? You know, I I, I don't know that. Like, right? It's the it's a spaceship dilemma there. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so I don't know. It's just yeah, something interesting to think about because I think I I'm I'm pretty sure it's gonna happen in our lifetimes. Um, this 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 point whether it be 2050 yeah 2050 2070 i don't know it, it's it, I'll, I'll i think i'll be around when that happens who knows yeah yeah but yeah, yeah. it's coming. coming yeah <laughs> in the meantime let's just all uh go into uh sound self and enjoy the the short life that we that we live <laughs> yeah you know in terms of it sounds of like is there like a deeper meaning that people uh, are taking from it you know what are the, what do you think what are some like reactions that you're getting from like people in terms of what their meaning what meanings they're getting from it uh that's a tough one because i feel like I've, i was talking about symbolism and i'm really trying hard to avoid any symbolism in sound self so it doesn't have a meaning it aside from what you project onto it you know i know um uh, but it's it, it allows you to enter a trance state and as such um it's a meditation right you know you 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 process things while you're in that space that you can't process while you are um using your attention to go over over problems cognitively um so like i've heard of people um sleeping better uh when they when they uh play sound self i've heard of people like just de-stressing and relaxing um but more than that what i see people come away from it with is a sort of a sense of wonder uh and wonder is not something that's necessarily attached to meaning um i think i think story has sort of taught us to uh place so much value upon meaning uh and meaning is isn't really interesting to me and i think i think what's magical about it is you come away with this with with wonder with you know a uh a sort of awe and uh and 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 that itself, that it's not connected or attached to meaning and interpretation, gives gives the mind a lot to uh, to mull over in the in the coming hours. Um, but uh, yeah, go on. No, I don't really have anything to add to that. It's it's yeah. In, in terms of you know designing sound self, has it been difficult just taking yourself out of the picture? Like how do you how do you do that? Like you know every time you know when i write something when i put something out there like there is a piece of me in there like 
but for yeah, you, yeah. you are, 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 is it a struggle to remove yourself from this so that people can have this? I don't I, 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 this anesthetic. I don't know if I'm using the right word. Like this, 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 uh, this experience without you, you know what I'm saying. Like without without meetings, I might put there. Um, uh, it takes a certain amount of restraint. Um, like I was I was saying, I decided not to put um image assets in because um I I didn't want to put meanings of my own in there but it's also in the sound you know I'm trying to keep the sound really abstract so I think beauty is pretty universal to people and I think um math is pretty universal and the beauty and sound self comes from mathematical relationships that you that you feel but the nice thing about math for something like this is that it's not it's deeply personal to me in that I'm a human and and as such you know I I perceive symmetries and mathematical relationships that are elegant and I say wow that's beautiful um uh, but I I think that what I'm bringing to this is um something a little more um universally human and a little less about my story I mean my story you can't separate my story from it but um, but I don't think my story is um, is in the aesthetic of it. I think my story is in the process of it, and and I'm I'm trying to stay true to the part of me that is human and universal and and sees beauty uh, rather than the part of me that thinks particular ideas or um, uh, has particular memories and associations with certain things. Um, so yeah, it's it's a challenge, but it's uh, it's a fun challenge. Yeah, that's really cool. And have you considered perhaps you know taking a sound self to 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 a hospital to share it with with people who are bedridden or or uh, to a clinic with you know post traumatic stress disorder patients? You know, like I I wonder like you know how those people would react if if it would, it would be positive if there are positive uh things to be taken taken away from from you know giving away this experience to those to those people i wonder hmm, have you yeah well well like i mean a lot of people have, have said to me that they think that it could be really useful for therapeutic uses but i don't i don't have the i don't have the bandwidth right now to to seek those out because i'm trying to design the experience and just like the just like the you know that i'm really interested in uh getting a neurologist's take on sound self like it's something that i can't do myself because i don't have the expertise to and um like i my world is the game world i don't really know i don't really have a network in the medical world and so it's really it's really difficult to find those connections um i would love i would love 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 to to see sound self used in those settings but i i just don't have the expertise to to do that myself or or the time to uh find a network of people who 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 could do that um but hey you know anybody listening to this program if anybody listening to this like is interested in using sound cell therapeutically or in research please let me know i am so interested in that yeah i yeah no definitely i will you know again well uh, hopefully uh someone will get out there and outreach reach out to you because uh yeah i'm super fascinated in in you know what is happening inside the human brain while i'm in these you know these states of mind um is it, it you know is it difficult to to reach that state of mind like how you know is it be, is it because you you have experience in meditation like you know can anything give me that's that that 
trans state that we've sort of been talking about? Like, <clears throat> um, well, through the course of human history, we've culturally invented a lot of mechanisms for for doing it, um, and I've reappropriated some of them, um, and and some of them I've taken from my own experience. Like the whole vocal connection has just been from my experience, um, but like. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think um, I think it's different from person to person. I think you, you certainly don't need a tool like sound self, but you it takes experience to learn how to entrance yourself, hypnotize yourself. Uh, that's why they call meditation a, a meditation practice. Um, but the nice thing about sound self is that it really it makes reaching that trance state um, I think I think easier than are more accessible than any technology I've seen. And it's a different sort of trance state to what you would have with, with meditation or with uh, a religious experience or something, but, uh, uh, and just as unique as any of those. Um, but I think, I think that what, what happens when you get into a trance state is something, I mean, it's a mental loop, right? And, and anything can be the source of that mental loop. It's just about like designing, <clears throat> designing the interaction such that, uh, such that it'll encourage those mental loops and then draw, then untangle those mental loops when it's done. And either designed by one person, like like I have and my program has with SoundSelf, or designed by cultural evolution, as as we see in uh, like shamanic cultures. Can you help me define what a mental loop is? I'm I'm trying to have a a, a firm grasp on, on what it is, but I can't seem to. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So um, take for instance uh, Zen meditation. Uh, you watch your breathing, um, and breathing is itself a biological loop, but, uh, um, the act of observing your breath and then observing your thoughts, uh, materialize away from your breath and reining them back in towards the breath. That is a loop that, uh, sustains the focus in, uh, in a non-symbolic way, sustain, keeps the focus away from um, from symbolism. So, um, and, and that's what I'm talking about with loops In sound self. The loop is the relationship between your voice and the sound you're hearing and, and the visualization. Um, and, um, I like, I don't, I don't really understand what's going on in, uh, in the brain in those loops, but the tighter a loop, I, I just know from, from designing and, and observing these things that the tighter the loop is, the more repetitive the loop is, the more it tends to dull the part of the brain that is uh, looking for answers and descriptions and, um, I guess, enlighten, not enlighten, that's such a loaded word, but um, I, I mean like light up the, the parts of the brain that are uh, sort of rawly perceptual and present in the moment. Interesting. Yeah, super interesting. This conversation has been, I mean, I uh, this, <laughs> this conversation has been uh truly eye-opening for me so oh i'm glad i've been doing i mean i've been doing a lot of reading on this stuff you know and a lot of research um because it's it's so it's so mysterious to me and i don't pretend to be an expert i'm just sort of exploring this space myself and uh 
the way I explore it is through creating a thing. Oh, yeah. I'm excited for where you're going to take this into the future. So, so again, Robin, uh, Robin or, or not, you are the uh, designer and creator of SoundSelf. Uh, it's been a total pleasure. How can people... Thanks, uh, no, it's been... A, it really has been a pleasure. How can people stay in touch? How can people follow you and support you and all that good stuff? Sure. So you can go to soundselfgame.com, S-O-U-N-D-S-E-L-F, game. Uh, or you can follow me on Twitter. I'm video dreaming. Uh, V-I-D-E-O-D-R-E-A-M-I-N-G and uh, you can also check out Sound Self Game on Facebook. Awesome. And all the show notes, uh, all the links to this, you know, Save the Internet and, and the Facebook uh, page to, uh, you know, all the people trying out the Sound Self and their psychedelic experiences will be posted on the show notes. Um, yeah, Robin, thanks so much for your time. It's been a total pleasure. Thank you, Chris. Have a good one.